You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, hosted by Simsic. Almost 30 started as a conversation about the transition from our 20s to our 30s. But then we realized life is full of transitions. So we expanded our mission. We are an intuition-led, wellness-focused lifestyle podcast that promises to deliver authentic conversations, diverse points of view, and insights rooted in optimism, growth, and intention. The Almost 30 Nation community is a group of purposeful dreamers who are smart, passionate, and always seeking the full potential in every aspect of their lives. At Almost 30, we're making magic together. We dream it, and then we do it. Thanks so much for tuning into the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. Hello, welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. (laughs) One of those just kind of float right in. We're floating right in. We were just making up songs uh, for our new conscious music. It's hard to think Mm -hmm. shitty thoughts Um, while your breath is full and your body's open. The first one is called... (laughs) Now... You might have feelings, body. you might have sadness, you might have things going up, but it's cool really hard to hold it was cool a, a, a habitual your shit thought form Justin while hates your that. He chest hates is open, live your breath your is full, he and your belly. So he I hates totally think you work on the outside first, Could and you, you take please? the shape for that birthday. which you want Get the him world to feel from Oh my god, I should get him a tattoo. Because he's just like, it's so played out. I'm like, I don't think you understand what they mean, because we need more of it. Like, I was like, I really don't think you know what they mean. <laughs> Meanwhile, Sean is wearing Justin's every t-shirt that is <laughs> faith over fear. I love him. <laughs> Literally, every, every inspirational tea. Sean has. Holy moly. Anyway, how's everyone doing? How are you feeling? I think you guys are opening up, maybe. We're, <sighs> st- we're still in, we're still in teen. Yeah, come visit. Come yeah, through. We're, we're going to be, I guess, until August. Uh, people are not fucking with it. It's very interesting. Meaning, they're meaning not, what I'm saying is mm-hmm. that it seems like LA people are kind of starting to move again. Whether yeah. I don't know whether people that's right or not. We're they not. opened up the beaches. Yeah. So you can't you can't lay on the beach, but you can be on the beach and walk and swim, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I took a, w- a walk right along the um the boardwalk this morning. It's a little wild. Yeah. It's just, it's just like a lot of energy. And I think I it's almost like stuck a little bit. Mm. I don't know. There's like a Obviously, we have a lot of homeless here near the beach, but I was just thinking about them. I'm like, they must be so confused, confused, yeah. truly. It, not masks, lack of care. There's mm-hmm. just a lot. I know. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm so excited about the episode today. Today's episode with is with an icon. <laughs> well, every time John says yes to do something with us, I'm like, wow. You sure? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> we had John Wineland on probably a year and a half ago to the podcast. It mm-hmm. was actually a two. Two episode, it was a two part series. So we had a really long, great conversation with John. So we broke it up into two episodes. So you can search John Wineland Almost Thirty Podcast and find those. And then we also had a live event that we did at Soho House with John. And even from the first time in the the live event at Soho House, people still talk about the episodes and how profound they were. And it's just been really beautiful to see him grow and evolve and through all the changes he's had and just have him on again. Yeah. And we were thinking about you all during this time, whether you are quarantining with like a significant other, a friend, family. I just love to go back to John's work when it comes to relationships with anyone because it applies. It doesn't necessarily have to be a romantic relationship, although I've heard from a lot of 
my friends who are with their partners that it's just a really intense time. It's like great and also terrible. (laughs) Justin, the other night before bed, Justin's my fiance. And the other night before bed, he goes, quarantine's been really good for us. It was really sweet. Oh, that's really sweet. Because he's can be home with me all the time. But then the night, yes, last night I was like, get off me. Mm -hmm. I need space. Literally. And it's funny because when I'm like, hey, I need space. He's like, I need more space. (laughs) And I'm like, no, can I, you just, can I just have like an hour or something? He's like, okay, I need two hours. (laughs) He like doubles it. (laughs) He's like, you should get away tomorrow. I'm like, I'm like, you should go to your friends. He's like, what friends? (laughs) (laughs) It's hard. It is kind of a. There are so many like knee jerk things that mm-hmm. I want to do that like it makes me a little bit sad that I I can't do them in the moment like seeing friends mm-hmm. or like you know I had to think about can I go for a hike yeah or do I want to go for a hike and wear the mask and all the things so it is kind of a uncomfortable thing mm-hmm. for sure that could be affecting relationships yeah and this episode is just what we talk about is just just the the Lord, the Lord speaking through mm-hmm. through John. Well, some of my favorite things that we discussed were the nervous system. I've been really obsessed with the nervous system and how the nervous system is that central point connecting our spirit, our mind, and our body. And how the nervous system is something that, you know, we grow up with and really isn't trained when we're very young and can affect us, you know through our lives. And a lot of times we're having nervous system responses. It leads us to believe emotions are there when actually it's just more the nervous system that's speaking, et cetera. But we talk a lot about the nervous system in men and women and how that impacts the way that relationships can be. And we talked about porn, which is interesting and fascinating. I love asking him about porn. It's my favorite. I'm like, (laughs) I'm down with whatever people, people can do whatever they want. But I just personally, am like, I'm, I, I don't, I know there's good porn, mm. but I just, I'm kind of, I'm not anti. I just am like always like, oh, I'm not, uh, I just am. It just gives me pause. It just feels very low vibrational to mm-hmm. me, but I also haven't seen quote unquote conscious porn. Yeah, you know? completely. Um, Change all- my mind. <laughs> send me some, send me some <laughs> send shit. Some porn. Send me the good shit. <laughs> uh, we also talk about vulnerability as just really this invitation mm-hmm. um, to go deeper and he talks about how vulnerability is expressed through the masculine and the feminine, how you can really work together. We talk about how to change your relationship karma. Ooh, I know, such a good part. one. Yeah, I talked to like a lot of my girlfriends and I feel like I've been in this before where you just feel fucking stuck. Like you're, yeah. like you're attracting the same type of person or you feel guilt or shame around something that happened in a relationship and, that, and that's stopping you from really evolving into someone who deserves you know, a, a, a love that you desire. So it was really, really powerful for me to, to hear him articulate that. And we also, you know, asked him about his daughter's passing. So Claire Wyland had passed in between the time that we had last seen John and it was just the, the most tragic, tragic thing. And just to hear how he's processed grief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was you know, not taking the attention away from him to talk about me and my experience, but just saying that seeing him fully embody emotion and Mm -hmm. grief and pain through that was incredibly transformational for me. I like followed and watched the whole experience and it was just so powerful to see a man love and miss his daughter and grieve and like fully be with her 
as he lost her was just powerful. Um, so we talk about that, you know, at the end, but for, for the majority of it, it's about, you know, the masculine, the feminine, how we can better work and relate together. How can we be better partners? How we can be better lovers, how we can feel better in relationship. And John is just a master. So this is going to be a good one. And we recorded in his Malibu Dude. sanctuary. Dude. <laughs> Looking out on the ocean, John surfs I'll every take morning. Bits for the address, you guys, want, you guys want the address? I'll take bits. It was just so kidding. It was heaven on earth. Perfect. So perfect. I'm so proud of him. It was like so yeah. sexy. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you guys know us. Anytime we sit down with John Wineland, we gotta like strap ourselves Honestly. in. <laughs> strap them in. <laughs> um, but if you guys want to talk more about this episode and if you haven't already, um, join the secret Facebook group. That's a, a place where our community gathers to support one another. We have some giggles in there all the time. We share, we support. It's just a really uh, bright space on the internet. Yeah, and you can find the, mo- the other episodes with John. Just search John Wineland Almost 30. And also, it's exciting because this topic is something we're going to be talking about at our workshop this weekend with Alexander Rock. So the topic is fuck like a goddess. Mm-hmm. So um, if, if your kids are in the car, they, we, they probably shouldn't be Sorry for this episode. That. But <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be incredible. Alexandra is, you know, a women's empowerment coach. She's a mystic. She's an author. And she is my expert female in the divine feminine embodiment, feeling the feelings. So fuck like a goddess. The workshop will be happening on May 30th at 11 a.m. Pacific time. And you can get tickets at almost30podcast.com. It's under the new paradigm series. Yeah, and just talking to a lot of people who have attended the workshops that we've been doing, it's funny because <laughs> I've had a bunch of girls be like, hey, I didn't really want to do this on a mm-hmm. Saturday, they're, but they're like, this was like the highlight of my time in isolation yes. thus far, being able to go deeper and really give themselves the time. It's it's special if you can carve out two hours for yourself, be alone and be in like a sacred space and go deep on work. I mean, those have been some of the coolest moments for myself mm-hmm. because I just am reminded that like I deserve it. You know, so if you're feeling feeling like a bit disconnected, I just, whether it's this workshop or just any other other like self-development work. I know you're being bombarded, but I just encourage you to, to like invest in that and Mm -hmm. just take the time because you definitely deserve it. Yeah. It's going to be, you know, embodiment, storytelling, sharing ritual. It's going to be the best. Mm -hmm. Alexandra's incredible. So you can find her on Instagram if you want any more inspiration. Um, All tickets for the new Paradigm Workshop at almost30podcast.com. And then we also have our courses and our workbooks and all the good stuff at shopalmost30.com. So we have Inner Peace with tons of people have been taking Inner Peace during this time, which has been profoundly transformational. We have the workbooks. You can get the affirmations downloadable. There's just really awesome stuff that we have for you at Shop Almost 30. Yeah. And to connect more with John, you can go to his Instagram at John underscore Wineland. He has incredible uh, videos on there all the time. And then his website, johnwineland.com. Enjoy this one. Enjoy. We love you so much. Almost30podcast.com, almost30podcast on Instagram. And I'm excited for you guys to check this out. Boy. (laughs) Why do you have such good posture? Like what? Mm. Like, why do you stand so erect with such great posture? <laughs> um, and your legs open. It's so, it's like mm-hmm. inviting and beautiful and like ready. Strong. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the easy answer for that is that it, it, um, it allows consciousness to come through my body 
Yeah, more readily. Has to be oh, more readily. Two seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two seconds. And I'm like, fuck. Um, <laughs> Two seconds. So uh, yeah, it allows consciousness. So you mm-hmm. know, it, um, if you're masculine in a masculine role, like I am most of the time, then uh, and I want to, I want to have consciousness kind of transmitted. Then the posture that I hold is really important. Right. Yeah. So, so if I'm like this, just, you can't feel consciousness, mm-hmm. you know, with my legs closed and my chest collapsed, but with my you know heart open, my belly soft, my legs kind of like relaxed and wide, it, it doesn't, it, you know, plus a lot of people cross their legs, like that cuts off all the energy from the waist down. And you know I'm a I'm a waist down kind of guy, yeah. so I like to keep things <laughs> Actually, I flowing there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so it's a it's um for the masculine because I know you'll have women listening to this and they'll go, well, mm-hmm. how should I sit? And, um, for the masculine, the 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 posture, standing or sitting, that allows consciousness to come through you because my value to you. Um, is in how free you feel my consciousness. And especially so if we're in a romantic partner, but my value as a teacher, my value as a human being is the more free you feel my consciousness, the more unbound, David would say, my teacher would say, the more unbound my consciousness is. So if I'm not thinking, thinking, thinking about shit and I'm not crossed up in the way that my body is, then my consciousness is more unbound. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah. So how, I guess, how would it be different for women? Well, it, it depends on the, it depends on the scenario, right? Oh, yes, like, you're right. Mm-hmm. So if it's a, if it's, if, if it could be man or woman, if somebody, any human wants to transmit, let's call it, um, the feminine more then then their value is how unbound in love are they? Right. So if, if their heart is bound, if their body's bound, then their value gets diminished as a feminine human being in that moment. Not that there's anything wrong with them. We all kind of lose our, you know, consciousness and love, but, but your freedom as a love expressed being, especially in romantic relationships is, is, is your generally speaking, your value, Mm. not your, like, like if you're, if, if, if a masculine human being, like how much money you bring? Yes, yeah, not how much money you bring. It's not your, yeah, it's not your to do list. It's not the structure yeah. you bring. It's or the consciousness you bring. It's more about like how free in love and energy are you. Mm. Yeah. What real life scenarios would like thwart that openness, that like expression of consciousness? for men and women, just so we can kind of contextualize it yeah. for people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and when I say masculine and feminine, I'm not necessarily talking men and women. We've already right. kind of identified that. So normally being in our heads, it, it fucks both of those up, right? It, 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 you know, ultimately my job is the transmission of love and consciousness, right? That's what I want to do in the world. That's what I want to teach in the world. And, and so if I'm in my head thinking about the past, thinking about the future, thinking about myself, then the capacity for my body to transmit those things is heavily weakened. That's the, so that's what most Mm. people deal with on a normal basis, but then, you know, add some childhood wounds, add some karma, some relationship karma, add some trauma, right? And our body begins to take the shape of those things. So that literal shape of the body, so you asked about my posture, right? So the shape of the body 
literally is the thing I'm thinking all the time. So you, you can see it in people. Yeah, you yes. can see it in people. Like their body starts to take the shape of the shit they think. Good shit too. Like, yeah. so if, if you're walking into, I was teaching a women's workshop in New York and this came up, but if you walk into the room, into a party and your habitual thought is there are no good men, your body will take the shape of there are no good men. It's subtle, but it'll just be kind of like a collapse of your heart a little bit or collapse of your, your, your belly will tighten, something like that. Whereas if you, if you, if your body kind of relax into like, wow, there's so many great men out there. Like, there's just a different mm-hmm. thing that goes on. Your heart can lift, you know, and your belly can soften and there's just a different pep in your step. And so, you know, I, I, I the landmark actually came up with this term occurring world. And I, I, although I don't teach a lot of landmark, I like that concept because it's so, you see it in people's bodies. So to answer your question, Lindsay, that's why. Yeah, I saw that's how it shows up. I saw that video, that clip on IGTV about that uh, that occurring world conversation. I'd love to kind of dig in there because sure. I thought it was so fascinating. And what we might perceive as really subtle, you know, that idea that there are no good men out there. Mm. I've definitely thought that before. Mm-hmm. And can you explain like how that affects the magnetism? Mm. Mm. Well, <clears throat> when you talk occurring world, it's like take the belief, like we all have beliefs. You could you, you could write the 10 positive and 10 negative beliefs you have, but there's one or two that kind of rule them all, right? And we call those occurring world, meaning that you think them so much and they're so pernicious and so in your system that they literally color the way the world occurs to you. So for the woman who asked me that question at the workshop, it was like, I think I said something like, wow, so if a guy showed up in front of you and he was great, what would stop you? And she's like, I don't even think there's a guy out there. So she's basically like limiting the possibility of life with this belief, which is uh, no judgment. We all have them. (laughs) Some of them happen about money or success or like, I'm not good enough. Right. And so your occurring world, I'm not, let's take, I'm not good enough. That's it. That's one that a lot of people have. And, and so if if that's part of my belief system, over time, my body will start to take the shape of I'm not good enough. And it's usually kind of a sinking, mm-hmm. right? There's like a, not a good sinking, not like a lower body awareness. It's more like a collapse from the center. And if you watch this stuff, you can see it. So it's normally like a shoulders rolled forward, belly kind of tight, heart kind of closed. And, and it's, it's, or it'll be like a sh- something on their face. Like, you know, you'll get a weird, like a thing, like a weird <laughs> thing on your face. We need video. Yeah, right. We're scrunching our faces. Right. Yes, mm. right. Yeah. So you'll get like a kind of sour, yeah. Yeah. you know, like uh, yeah, there'll be kind of a thing. And so your, your jaw, your throat, your heart, your solar plexus, your belly actually takes the shape of this belief that is sort of uh, the primary belief driving you. We're not even getting into the way that you asked me about the transmission. So your body's the transmitter. And if I'm primarily consciousness and love, my capacity to transmit consciousness and love cleanly through my body gets pretty diminished and people just aren't going to feel me. They're Mm -hmm. going to feel the, the depth that I could bring to a moment or the love that I could bring to a moment. Right or or you, so the transmission gets weakened. The transmission gets kind of garbly, mm-hmm. and you're not really very attractive as right. a partner, right? 
because we all we yeah. all know those people. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. There's that energetic thing, mm-hmm. that magnetism. Um, would you say? I guess because we saw an amazing, you know, another clip that you did a while ago of that that man, mm-hmm. that ma- this this man that you worked with on his physicality and he was hunched over, he was leaned forward and the way that you and the team were able to pull his shoulders back, make him like lean in, like mm-hmm. bring in his masculinity was like mm. the craziest transformation I've ever seen. Yeah. So mm-hmm. do you, I know you're actually doing both in conjunction. So you're working on the mental conversation and then you're also working on the energy and the physicality. Yeah. Do you, do you suggest working inside out or can you like fake it till you make it by starting on the outside? Yeah, yeah, I don't actually think it's faking it because you change, you know, that it's hard to, you know, it's hard to think shitty thoughts while your breath is full and your body's open. Now, you might have feelings, you might have sadness, you might have things going up, but it's really hard to hold a, a, a habitual shit thought form while your chest is open and your breath is full into your belly. So I've totally think you work on the outside first and you take the shape of that which you want the world to feel from you. So that man is consciousness, like the masculine in all of us is pure consciousness, unchanging, needs nothing. Like you, you know the part of you that needs nothing, the part of you that needs nothing. And so all we did was, like I said at the beginning, was just kind of make his body, kind of tune the transmitter a little bit, like it was tweaked and we just kind of helped straighten it out and make his heart, you know, a little more available. He's just more available, right? We made him more available just by going from like this and to this. And then he took some deep breaths and he was able to ground. If I remember correctly, he was able to ground into the earth. And so the feminine nervous system relax when we ground as masculine beings, right? So when we ground and relax open, it has an impact on everybody around us. So, yeah, I think that just for the sake of people around you, (laughs) even if your thoughts are still kind of fucked up, because they will be, it's probably been, you know, years and generations of, you know, thinking, um, the people around you will feel better if you're softer, more open, kind of more solid. And I'm thinking about like the, not to go straight to sex, but hey, let's go. (laughs) Yeah, why not? Um, But which is such a, a physical expression. And so I can assume because I've been there that a lot of people are in their heads a lot of the time. And so how that affects the experience. So are there ways in which, you know, when you are physical with someone that you can get out of your head and more into your body to be able to transmit that, that love and consciousness in that act? I, I just... I think it's easier said than done. I feel I've had conversations with people who are like, I can't get out of my head. I'm just thinking about either someone else or I'm thinking about like how I didn't perform the best last time. And, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's kind of like, that's where the rubber meets the road is how can you bring yourself more present? Your body present? Cause there's mind presence, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, we could be present this moment with our minds mm-hmm. And that's cool, right? But there's something about like your body has an awareness to it and being present in your body's awareness is different. So best place to start is with breath. Just like breathing down into your lower abdomen. That also, that takes your awareness down. You know, it's so simple, but a lot of people just don't do it. And then actually feeling your heart, right? And feeling your heart. So if, if, 
people just slowed sex down enough to just, you know, even mm -hmm. if they just narrated what's going on in their heads, like, oh, fuck, I'm thinking about last time I didn't do that, 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 right? And it's mm -hmm. making my heart tense and I don't, even if you just narrate a little bit, not a lot, a little, and then spend time, go try to go back into your heart, go back into your breath, your embodiment quotient, let's call it, would improve 50 to 70% in my estimation, mm -hmm. you know, just be more aware. It's really just habit. You know, like, right. like, um, I, I will, we'll, we'll fuck with your listeners a little bit. Like how aware of the soles of your feet are you right now? Mm. Right. Like how aware are you of your sacrum? How aware of you are of your pelvic floor, like those kinds of things. And it just requires a lot of practice. I, I was mm. thinking about this as you guys were coming up here. I was like, oh, I'm going to talk about today. I think oh, the thing here that's, they are again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, when do I get nerd out on this shit all day. But I was thinking like how what I'm discovering is that people don't realize like how much practice they actually need to achieve the kinds of things that we're talking about. Like to take the shift of being a head-centered human being and bring and bring their awareness down into their body probably takes an hour a day of practice. Yeah, people want to skip the practice. Mm. They think they're not born like that or it doesn't mm. come easily to them and therefore it's not for them. Mm. But yeah, I've that that word and that idea of practice has been showing up a lot for me lately. Um, just to follow up on, on what you said, do you communicate with your partner in that moment during the narration? Like, what does that look well, like? It's a moment by moment thing. Yeah. You know, that, that's why at workshops, when I do longer workshops, I yeah. bring people up and we kind of recreate that moment of habitual closure. Mm. he, you know, picks his nose and she wants to vomit. You know, how do you turn that into a moment of, <laughs> you know, ecstasy, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, you, 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 less words are better, but if you're having a habitual thought, it's good to even just by saying, man, I'm in my head. And, and what you're doing is you're giving your partner, especially if he's a masculine partner or she's masculine, you're giving them a kind of an invitation to help you get into your body, which is all the masculine really wants to do anyway. In a sexual moment, the masculine wants you to be in your body, wants you to have pleasure, wants you to be open-hearted, wants you to feel the infinite. So winning for the masculine is your openness, ecstasy, relaxation, Open, vulnerability, right? So when you say, I'm having a hard time being in my body, you're then inviting them to help you, which most dudes, I'll say, love. Yeah. It's interesting too, you know, with, I was listening to this comedian and he was talking about porn and how he loved porn because the women seem so into it. <laughs> and that kind of does remind me about... Yeah. You know, the masculine wants the woman to be embodied in her body, very like much feeling it very much in the moment and present. And it's almost like porn, the women in porn, whether it's true or not, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily a fan of, of porn in general, but it's almost like it is that concept where the women are embodied, they're in their body and they're like, have that open heart yearning that like men desire. So it's almost like the porn girl in some ways in the porn from what I understand embodies those, those things at like a high level. Mm. Yeah, well, what they're doing is they're they're animating the pleasure. Now, who knows how yeah. real it is, right? I think in some 
porn stars, it's real, some it isn't, right? They're animating the pleasure. What they have done is they've trained their bodies to amplify pleasure, which, you know, when your job is having energetic sex, you've got time to do that. Like most women having to show up to work and raise families and all, they, they don't necessarily have time, but that's the practice we talked about. Part of a feminine person's practice would be, how can I amplify more pleasure through my body? How can I make my body more responsive? Right? That's de de sexual devotion, um, my teachers always said, is responsiveness, for the feminine to, to my consciousness, to my presence, to my, you know, if I'm, if I'm the masculine partner. So they emulate that pretty well. And if I'm not a big fan of porn either, I think most men don't use it to actually numb versus to open. But if they did use it to open, that would probably be a way that they could by really feeling the energy of the woman or women or, you know, midgets or whatever's being on, whatever's <laughs> yes, on the screen, whatever, right? right? Uh, ponies, you know, whatever's there. I don't judge. And, and, um, and, and, and opening with it, but that's not what men do. Yeah. Men like literally masturbate to have stress release yeah. most of the time. What would you, I guess, say just on the porn thing, you know, for, for because there's a, probably a lot of women in our community that maybe are in relationships where they have partners that use porn. What do you think should that be a conversation? Should that mm -hmm. be, you know, something that they're exploring together? Do they have? Do women have the right? And I'm putting right in quotations mm -hmm. to, to to talk to men about that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that it should be a conversation. It's uh, obviously the devil's in the details, right? So you, you're. You, you could use porn as a way to shame a man pretty brutally. Yeah. And if you do that, you're, there's no opening. Whereas if you, and I'm speaking to women, although this could be men too, women are watching porn, right? Like if let's say that your partner caught you watching porn, if he was smart, he'd be like, what's the texture that this scene is? How is this scene nourishing her? Like what's the texture? Is it dominance? Is it fierceness? Is it, you know, presence, right? Like what is it, what is this guy on the screen giving her sexually that I might not be fully because I haven't practiced, because I've been exhausted, because I've been high, whatever it is. And, and that's a very, that's a warrior's challenge to be that self-reflective, especially when it comes to sex and relationship. And so I would say the same thing for women. Like, what is he getting from that? Um, almost always it's some form of energy or some sort of, some form of devotion, some form of pleasure. Like there's devotion, there's pleasure, there's energy. And, you know, men, basically men, will die for those things. Yeah, yeah. Devotion. Can you, I guess I, mm -hmm. I don't understand how they get devotion from porn. Well, because there was, there's responsiveness. So remember I just, I said like, for the woman. yeah. So when the Got woman it. is yep. responsive to his consciousness cock, let's mm -hmm. call it. Yep. Right. So, so if, if a woman's responsive to the way he's touching her or licking her or fucking her or whatever in the porn, in the porn, mm -hmm. in the porn. Yes. I mean, 
how real this is, we of don't course. know, but you know, they buy into the fantasy, just like when we go watch Star Wars, right? Yes. So they buy into the fantasy that this woman is responsive to that. And we're not even talking VR, where that's a whole thing that's coming where like now he's the porn <laughs> star, right? Yeah. Right. And 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 so God help us, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but virtual but, workshop taken to a whole oh, other level. Oh, God. <laughs> so so yeah. I got a little distracted there. <laughs> Just thinking like what that would be like, same. you know? No, same. Yeah. But but the the idea that devotion, that's what you asked me about, devotion, right? So devotion is responsiveness to the masculine. So the more my attention evokes a response in you. And if it's a response of ecstasy, pleasure, um, vulnerability, openness, I'm deeply nourished by that. And so if I'm seeing that on a screen, right, in, in a way I get deeply nourished. Now, I'm not saying there's not pathologies and people aren't watching all kinds of other weird shit, but yep. most of your regular dudes, because I, I, I work with them all yeah, the time, right. mm-hmm. that's what they're getting. Yeah, You know, some level of that kind of, you know, let's call it nourishment. Yeah. yeah. Just last question on the porn thing. Yeah. Why do you think more men watch porn than women? Well, uh, it's just a, how they're trained. a stereotype. Well, they're, tra- they're trained. So mm. you got to think that a hundred thousand years, men have been trained socially first before there was porn, yeah. back before there was porn, back when we were still cavemen and tribal societies, men would, men would impregnate as many women as possible because nature told them to do it. So they'd go, they'd have to get in, get out because it was all about quantity. Like the whole quality sex thing did not enter the fray until, you know, 80,000 years later. So you got to think in our nervous system, men are trained to stimulate and ejaculate. And in porn, it's basically stimulate, fantasize, ejaculate. Mm-hmm. So we, we've grown since the time we were 12 or 13, training our bodies to, to do that. And so literally it takes five minutes, three to five minutes for most guys to come either in sex or watching porn. And then they're free. Then they're free. Like they're free of the sexual desire. Mm. Right? And, and most men masturbate because when they get stressed, they'll get sexual desire will come up or some, maybe they just have lots of sex. Maybe they're just, you know, yeah. horny. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's, it's troubling to be horny and not have someone to share it with, so to speak. I mean, it's for women too, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, but for the masculine, it feels like a burden. Like it feels Mm. like something we have to like, we can't concentrate. I think it's like the guys can only focus on one thing. Kind of. Do you know? (laughs) That overrides a lot. They're like, oh my God, I got to answer an email, but I'm so horny. Yeah, exactly. So let me just, I mean, let me just pop this up mm-hmm. three to five minutes. Yes. I'm done. I'm good. What's that, what was the movie that was the movie? <laughs> and with girls the... are like doing a hundred things and then like, we're kind of horny. We're like, no more. And then yeah. like, we got to keep going. <laughs> There's a movie called John Don Juan or Don uh-huh. John or something, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 With and Jordan, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. 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 And so men, men will, yeah, men will get addicted to the dopamine. It's a dopamine sure. hit, right? So women too, that, that's happening more and more mm. where women are really very 
clitoral orgasm focused and they get, you know, there's, there's all kinds of special equipment out there mm-hmm. that can take care of y'all. And, and it's, it's easy to get addicted to that. Mm. Yeah. But for men, it's all about, uh, expediency and freedom. Mm-hmm. You mentioned slowing down before, and I'm just curious like how the masculine and the feminine are affected by that. Because I feel like in this day and age, and I'm this is a blanket statement that might not be true for everyone, but we're going so fast, you know, and everything is kind of influenced by especially the the speed of our careers and how much we want to get done. And so how does that affect, you know, we are in our feminine and moving quickly. How does it affect the masculine and vice versa? And how can we slow down? Yeah. Well, I think it works both ways. Um, what happens to the nervous system when, when a feminine being is fast is that the masculine, her masculine partner will feel stress, like um, anxiety. The feminine partner, when he's moving too fast, will not feel safe. Right. So she'll actually, her nervous system will actually feel unprotected, so to speak. And that's kind of biological, old biological history and what women have had to deal with and that kind of thing. So that's just the knee jerk reaction. I think that slowing down is all about breath. And so a big piece of what I teach at my, most of my workshops is about breath practice to slow things down, to open things up, uh, to enter that timeless space. Because in the space of timeless connection, there's no time, right? There's no history. It's just you and me. It's just, you know, a breath, you know, hearts, you know, yumminess, right? And so having some of that be part of the, having, having an awareness where your nervous system now becomes a caressing agent for your partner, man or woman, usually involves slower breath slower speech, slower, rounder movement, right? So if I'm coming at you like this, <laughs> right? You know, like it's just, you're not, it's just like, you're not going to feel, but if I, if I come at you like this, mm. right? Or you come at me, it's kind of a human thing. It, it, it works both ways for men and women, but a little bit of rounder movement, slower movement. If I learn to actually breathe and move at the same time, which fucks so many guys up, like actually take a step and exhale. When you take a step, inhale, look into your eyes, then exhale and move towards you. Like these are all things that we can train our bodies. It's not that complicated. Looking into somebody's eyes, relaxing your heart, taking a breath. It's not rocket science, you know? It's just that nobody really takes the time to slow down enough to actually install it in their nervous system. Yes. Does that, does that answer your yes. question? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The round movements just hit me. I was like, wow, that's like a very, cause mm. it creates like a, like safety too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's okay. a caress of the nervous system. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I put you in front of a man in a workshop and I said, okay, you just have your right hand and you're, you're going to basically paint this man's body or show him massive amounts of love just using your right hand, right? Chances are the movements would be like this. They wouldn't be like this, right? You can feel the Mm -hmm. difference, right? You could transmit a shit ton of love just using one hand and a few fingers, but it's going to be round. It's not going to be 
straight. You have to use your mouth too, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's John, John Gray. You're yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted to ask something about dating a little bit. I was having a conversation with a friend yesterday and I've heard this come up quite a bit. And I don't think we've talked about it before, but it's when someone first meets someone, does there have to be that initial spark or can that be, could that grow over time, that attraction to someone? Yeah. Beware the initial spark. Yeah. We should beware the initial spark because normally what that is, it's our childhood wound basically saying, you, you're the love that I've known my entire life. That's what Lacey says. Lacey Phillips says that too. I've known you forever. Like that, 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 that spark, that home, that feeling of home, I've known you forever kind of thing. It's fucking true. You have, you were my dad, you were my mother, you were my grandfather, right? So I would beware the spark, Mm. you know, don't ignore it. It's not like you have to like run the other way, (laughs) but Two things on that. A, I think that we should be really clear, and I don't think, I I work a lot with men and women on this, is that can you get super honest with yourself and clear about what's the thing you need most in relationship? Most women need some, and this, this is a massive generalization, it's not everybody, but just the women I've worked with, they will need some kind of fierce, sharp, clear, penetrative presence in their romantic partners. Does that feel true to you guys? Yes. Yeah. So doesn't matter how much money he makes, although, you know, money's usually a reflection of how conscious he is. It's, it's really getting clear, like, I want to be dominated this way or led this way or opened this way or caressed this way, whatever, whatever, or, or, surrendered to. I mean, a lot of women want that too. So having a real clear idea of what it is that your heart really needs, there's usually one or two things. We get confused with all the other stuff in calling in the one life partner, best friend, all that, you know, there's one or two things that really matter. And if you're not clear on that, then dating gets really muddled. And so having real clarity about your desire, like for women, for the feminine, especially getting super clear on your desire for the masculine. It's really about getting super clear of, does this person nourish you? Like, do you, cause the masculine responds to nourishing energy, feminine too, but you know, so is her, is she responsive? Is she playful? Is she fun? Does she have a deep vulnerable heart? Like these are the things that the masculine, the energy is super important. So if you, so when you're dating, if you're looking for anything, you should be looking for those things. You should be aware of those things and, um, and clear, like, is this guy like maybe he's, there wasn't a spark, but wow, like he holds my gaze and he takes a deep breath when he looks at me and that feels really good. So maybe there's more, maybe I pull on that thread a little bit or he really led me beautifully tonight. Like he, I knew I didn't have to make a fucking decision. Like he knew exactly where we were going and, and that felt really good in my nervous system. And so maybe I pull on that thread a little bit. And so I just, I do think that there's a, it's easy to get confused around what we, what's really important in a partner because we don't actually stop to think about it. And I like your point of having one or two, because I think when we have the long list, it actually fucks us up a little bit. 
because when that person comes in, you're like, oh, but like five, nine, and 14 aren't there. So I'm moving on. And I, I talk to a lot of girlfriends who are dating now. I'm like, yeah, but like, you know, it's just, he's not like this, this, and this, and that's on my list. And I just feel like there must be someone out there who has it. And so, you know, for the feminine, how have you been able to, I guess, like, detach them from those expectations because I'm not saying people should have low expectations, but no, they should have really high expectations in very specific areas. Okay. Yeah. They, I mean, they should have super high, especially Mm. women should have super high expectations. The process that I take them through is around getting very clear on the, that desire piece. Like if I was going to make you in a sentence, tell me what your heart desires from your romantic partner what would it be? And that alone fucks them up. Like it takes them days sometimes to, to really just get clear. Like, what is it? Like mm. they'll talk around it and, you know, and, and oftentimes I'll have to kind of give them some options, A, B, and C, and they'll grab one. So getting in touch with the, the core desire of your heart is the first piece. And then having that, uh, recognizing that without that, everything is just show right? Like it's just Mm. like building a life together based on stuff that doesn't really matter. And, and so I guess I just try to get them to deepen, like to deepen their understanding of the way that what's really important for their hearts and what actually, you know, what's possible Mm. in love. Cause I don't think they, most women don't actually believe that that core desire, because it's been so painful for them to live in, they don't actually believe it's possible to live in it. So they kind of ignore it and go for, you know, okay, the first three I'm going to ditch because then, then I'll never happen. But the the last, you know, 20 mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll hone in on. And, uh, and then three years down the road, they're like, but he just doesn't hold me or he doesn't penetrate me or they don't use those words because they don't know that. I was going to say, I'm like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, they don't use those words. Yeah. But, I, I but, them. but if I, but if I, if they brought it, if they came to me, I'd be like, yeah. Whoa. You know, for, um, I guess, how do people separate if, you know, you are a woman, how would you separate your core desires from what could potentially be your trauma bonding or, Mm, mm, you know, mm. yeah, that's that's a great, that's a great question, Krista. Thank you. So your core, your trauma bonding is normally around some, uh, well, there's a story to it normally, right? There's a story to it. So there's a, there's the, there's the human part of you, the karmic part of you, your body and the thing that you, ne- it's, 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 there's kind of like, you never get it. Like there's never, you never get it. You've never gotten it. It's the thing that you wanted as a child, but never got it's, it's that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's usually part of a, a head. It's usually part of a story, right? It feels very sad. It feels very intense, but it's usually part of a story. The the core heart, there's not a lot of story. It's more about the universal desire to be filled with love, right? And or for I was talking to a man, like it would be the 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 desire to be recognized, to be washed, I guess, to be washed with devotion, with energy, with sexual energy. Like men love that, and they can't even really quite name it. 
So it's almost wordless, but if I told you to talk to talk to me about your trauma, you'd be able to write a fucking dissertation on it because it's got so much mm. story to it that you've fine-tuned. It's you know what you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. It's a very subtle thing, but once you get into a space of really getting like the ache in your heart to be known and seen, that's not trauma bonding. Like that's pretty clearly like the, that's you, that's your feminine gift. It's not even a problem. It's your gift, right? And most women don't even go there. They don't get like this ache that I think is wrong. It's actually like the greatest gift I have to give uh, a masculine partner. Mm-hmm. Whereas your trauma is not, it's usually something that's projected onto them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Did that answer your question? It's such a great question. No, yes. yeah, it, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, it's really important. Yeah, it's yeah. I loved. It's really like the point of the story around it, like the the kind of nodding, the tangling, the tangliness around it, and then there's like almost like a silence and clarity around the other. Yeah. You know where it's like it stands alone. Yeah, and it takes some time to really oh, get yeah. aware of it. To, to it takes people some time to think about it, to get aware of it, to actually feel it in their body, to express it through their bodies. Which is why I'm such a huge fan of women's work because that's you know you get a group of women together who dance and move as the yearning in their heart. It's all very beautiful and very clear and very pure. It's it's intense. There's tears, there's sound, there's, you know, stomping, there might be anger, grief, but there's not story. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's a great question. We had a bunch of questions from, from the community and one, um, just kind of highlights what we haven't quite talked about yet. If people are in relationship and they've been together for a period of time, you know, a year or more, and they feel their attraction waning. And I'm just wondering, like, generally what is happening? Is it, is it a human condition to get bored? Is it a human condition yeah. to want new and yeah. exciting? And how do, we, how do we work with that and kind of come back to that initial hmm. attraction? Hmm. Well, it's all, I, I don't know a relationship. Find me a relationship over two years or three years <laughs> where they don't start to lose sexual attraction. So that is the normal process for things when there isn't an intervention. So my suggestion for anybody who's in a new relationship is to learn the habits. I'll try to make this as brief as possible, but when you get into a long-term relationship, you're bringing with you your habits of relating that were installed in you as a child. All that's needed is a commitment you move in together, you have a baby together, you get married, boom, commitment. Your brain goes, your triune brain goes, oh, family. Let's pull out the habits of relating that I used from my family, right? And we do this unconsciously. And so what we need is a, is new habits of relating, which are not karmic, not the family. And we, that's how we change our relationship karma. Most people wait until the attraction has waned completely and they hate each other before they actually get some help on this and they're hurting each other. Uh, my suggestion is go early, you know, read books early, come to workshops early, like learn this stuff early, learn how to take your anger and grief and turn it into an invitation. There's actually a yoga for that right? Learn how to create structure that's meticulous that she can surrender to and follow and trust. There's a yoga for that. I mean, it's like 
it's so um so when you do that we like all of a sudden there's attraction again and and if there's love and trust and then you add true sexual polarity you've got the deepest fucking sex that you've ever had and you've got the deepest now it takes time because these these karmas are deep our relationship karmas are deep i'm sure your listeners are like fuck get this like every time i get it i do the same thing and i pick the same person and you know so it takes some time but it's not you got to think we're changing the karma of a lifetime maybe even past lifetimes maybe even lineages and that's a big i think that's a big realization that most people are now awakening to because we are no longer in relationship for security only Right? Like most of us don't need relationship to survive, at least in you know the Western world. It's just so interesting. I think there is a, at least in, I'm just experiencing in our generation where it's like the the newness, the shininess, the the challenge, you know, overrides what's right in front of them, I guess, or the potential for growth right in front of them, and it's that really helps to kind of. Um, well, the newness is just. It's kind of like the porn, yeah. right? It's just like yeah. there's energy coming from the newness because you don't have the habitual track of relating. Right. And so the new woman is going to have not have, her body's not going to be closed, not expressing the love that she is because you've pissed her off for six months straight. She's going to be open and free because there's no history there. And that's what he's attracted to. If that makes sense. And so if you learn to do that, and I'm just speaking to you, right? If any woman or any man learns to do change those habits, then they can express those things in a much deeper way. And then you have connection that's very, then you can actually be sources of healing for each other. So not only like the greatest sex you've ever known, but you're actually healing each other because you chose each other from wounds. So you actually have the karmic capacity to heal each other. That makes, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, so with the you know the karmic healing of each other, how, how like what would be actionable steps for someone in a relationship to do and recognize that? Yeah, that's, that's without also too yeah, you know offen- offending someone. Yeah, no, no. It, it, it's it's uh, your partner will not be offended if the thing that always closes you, you love them through that. So, it could be the karma is basically. The relationship karma is the habit of closure that our bodies and our minds take when when a stimulus that reminds us of our childhood pattern and programming comes in. Does that make sense? Clear? Okay, clear. Um, I lose myself sometimes. So if you choose a different pattern, the only possibility you see, so for example, you come home from work and he's watching TV, right? And so there's not, there's like, hey, you know, you're not, which is not an unusual scene, <laughs> right? And yeah, right? he's, <laughs> he's watching TV and there's kind of an acknowledgement, but there's not like a presence or there's not like, and then there's, so there's a, there's a, like the habit is, the habit is kind of silence, scorn and resentment. Not you two ever, but yeah, ever, <laughs> but they're kind of like, uh, uh-huh. and so you just, you go do your own thing. So that's your, that's the karma right there. That moment mm. where you go, motherfucker, watching mm. Simpsons again. And you don't, you, you don't show him that you smile or whatever. And you, but you go and your heart's kind of broken. Cause right? it's a little vulnerable. 
if you think of about course, it. Of course, yeah, of course. But, you know, this is karma. As a small thing, yes. Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. small thing. But it, basically, he's saying the TV's more radiant than you. It's heartbreaking, right? If you're in your feminine, it's heartbreaking. So the changing of the karma would be like, he, you walk in, he does the mm, right? And then rather than ignore that little heartbreak, like you look at him and you, you stomp at him, like, baby, right? And he's like, <laughs> what? And you're like, and then you just kind of look at him and you try to relax your heart and you relax your belly and you do the opposite of what the karmic move is. The karmic move is close, pretend, turn away. So no, you turn towards, you relax, you open, maybe, and, and you get in touch with your heart. And then from there, something spontaneous will come through you. Maybe you'll dance, maybe you'll cry, maybe you'll scream, maybe you'll crawl across the floor and beg him. You know, it'll, it'll come from your relaxation and openness. And that is how you change your karma in relationship. It's just training ourselves to do that is, I'm making it sound easy, it's fucking hard, especially for women because it's super vulnerable, but for men too. So that's how we do it in those moments where we, where the dime drops and the only possibility is the one that we've played out a thousand Mm. times. So what I try to teach people in workshops is like, here are the other possibilities for that moment. And then you don't know what's on the other side of that possibility. Could be like hot sex on the living room floor, could be sacred dance, could be a blow up fight. You don't know because you've never played that. Yeah. yeah. I think too, it's like this, those small moments too, I think a lot of people don't think about as being important, you know, kind of that's the expectation. They always come home. That always happens. So for them, it might not be as profound as a moment where they're fighting or where they're not able to like have the sex that they want. So I think that's really beautiful. And it's almost like that feels safe to start with too, for people, you know, starting at that small moment, that small, like attention, mm. attention moment. Cause you know, most of those fights come from an accumulation of those small moments. Like if you yes. feel rejected and heartbroken night after night for six months, by the end of six months, you want to stab the dude in the mm-hmm. eye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For for that, then, like with, I guess in relationship, do you think that people, sh- like, what is when people should let something go, or what is when they should like speak to it and kind of work through it? Say that was happening to them, and you know, most of the time they come to the door and they greet you, but for the past week they kind of have been watching the TV and and not doing it, and it's starting to bother you. Would you let a few situations accumulate before you bring it no, up to them? No, okay. no, and I'm, I'm kind of strict like that. Like, nope. If your heart feels it, address it right away. Even if it's just an ouch, maybe. Mm. Ouch, ouch. Where's my man? Like, I mean, mm. I'm talking to, you know, like, where's my man? Like, I miss my man. Like, you know yes. what I mean? And, yeah. and, and even that, it's so at the very, any time, especially I'm talking to the feminine beings listening, anytime you, you ignore the truth of your heart, you're kind of, um, breaking your own heart you know you're you're shitting on yourself in a certain you're rejecting yourself yes. and right? you don't trust yourself same thing with men too you yeah. don't trust yourself yeah and whereas the safest look i'm I, i'm not going to say that somebody does this and it's all puppies and roses but you're at the very least um acknowledging the truth of your own heart and if you're with a good person and they really love you, they will rise. If you do that consistently, they will rise. Like if, 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 cause he doesn't know, 
he's like, oh, she's fine. She just went into her, her office and started working, so she's good. I can watch, <laughs> I can watch the game. He doesn't know mm-hmm. unless there's some information that yeah. comes his way that's very clearly, a, oh, fuck, this is breaking her heart. Mm. I've been, I'm a douchebag. Like she came home look at how she, she's beautiful. I, I didn't even get up to open the door for her. Like he doesn't know that, <laughs> you know, guys are not that dense, but we, we respond to, we're always on resource management. So anything that's not like crucial, we're like, okay, it's like, you know, kind of like a computer has a screensaver thing. That's, that's like right. many men are like that. Like they're running in the they background. They have the Windows thing yeah. bouncing. Yeah. You have 85 tabs yeah. open. Yeah. Y'all have, yeah, y'all have yeah. like maps. Yeah. 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 yeah, everything's opening up. Our hard drives yeah. full. I just wanted to read this from Alexis. I feel like a lot of people can relate. He, she goes, oh my fucking God. Can you please ask him about getting your male partner interested in investigating themselves in a deeper way? So the masculine <laughs> yeah, partner. Yeah, I get this question all the time. Oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah. And I think just in the time that we're living in when there's so much like deep self work and, and I feel like the feminine is really willing and open generalization to diving in. Yeah, you guys are way heart- ahead of men. And it's heartbreaking to feel like the person that we love, you know, it's the, the idea is like, they don't love us enough to go to do the work. Yeah. So, so unless they know it's really hurting you, I'll go back to the previous point, unless they know that their lack of depth is actually crushing your soul, they will not do anything about it. Why would they? It's something they've got to pay for, something they've got to show up for, something they've got to do, you know? And so I'll give one, there's so many answers to that question. I'll just give one for the sake of time. So you buy a book from somebody that you inspires you, you know, David's, my, my teacher's written a lot of books, right? So you pick up a book and you're reading something that he's written about sex and about polarity and spiritual intimacy. And you're sitting, you're laying next to him in bed and you're like, oh, right. Like literally you're, you let yourself be impacted very deeply by the depth in the book, or on the video, like, or on the post or whatever it is. Like you let yourself be impacted to the point where he's going to be like, hmm, wow. Like, look at how that impacted her. What was that? Like, what are you reading? What are you watching? I, you know, just this book, this guy is so beautiful. The way he talks about sex it's so, it just breaks my heart. Right. Or this video, this guy is talking about, like, he's talking about that, that, that. And it just like melts me. Big difference between like, you know, you're not, de- you, here's what most women do. God, they do this on my post all the time. They tag their, oh, no. they tag their dudes. <laughs> it's basically, like, it's, it's hey like, guys, you want to murder this guy, John Wineland? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> my but, God. but if if you show that it impacts your heart and he's like, wow, okay, that's interesting. And let's mm. say it happens over the course of a few weeks and it's a few times. I guarantee dude's going to get interested in what's impacting your heart that deeply. Whereas if you tag him on one of my posts, for example, he's going to feel slightly castrated. Yeah, and attacked. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I think you always have to wait for the invitation too. Like I always wait, or I always, the men, I have to, I let Justin invite me into mm. sharing. Mm. into the Mm. conversation into whatever it is that i'm doing and he sees through me what's working and Mm -hmm. then he applies totally it 
that's another way to do it. Way. Like, yeah, like it needs you to go feel to like workshop. his free will. Yeah, mm-hmm. you go to the workshop yep. and then come back and give him something new. Yep, that's going to inspire him. Yep, right. It just so, for yeah. Justin specifically needs to feel like free will. Yeah, if he doesn't the freedom back to your freedom yeah, thing. Yeah, if it, yeah. he doesn't feel like he's choosing to grow with me or choosing to do X, Y, and Z, then he will not, he will be so resistant to it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And yeah, most, uh, because we, we want you to show us how you feel, not tell us what to do. So there's myriad ways, thousands of ways you can show us how you feel about something without telling us what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. I think the, the biggest I'm, now in a relationship, I feel like last time I saw you, I was not. Oh, <laughs> Most likely, was not. I'm now engaged, so I don't even need any of these conversations. Yeah, yeah. You're good. I'm You're done. She's got a ring on it. <laughs> um, I'm done learning. <laughs> but that th- that was the biggest thing for me, like not going into a relationship, not only wanting to change someone and get that in turn giving me purpose and validation because I'm like, oh, I've been able to help and change someone, but it is that not telling them what to do that I'm really working with. I'm not a bossy person, but in my own sweet way, I would kind of tell them what to do. And it's so important, I think, you know, to show and to express um, how it's changed you and invite them in that way. And it's been really beautiful to see how that, that works and opens us both up. Yeah. Yeah. Conversation. So I, I think that women, you know, women are, are, I mean, God bless them. Cause I don't think men would show up to my workshops at the numbers that they do had their partners not dragged them, but I would <laughs> recommend, um, I would recommend that they, women come on their own, you know, and then bring it home. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to a workshop where I can learn to be a deeper partner for you, blah, blah, blah. And then come back and rock his world. And, uh, you know, sometimes that works, sometimes that doesn't, but just add it to the list, John. Yeah. There you go. yeah, yeah <laughs> gotta yeah. run the world. Gotta go to the workshops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's kind of a, just I a know, different I thing believe. for men to feel you more available to love, which will inspire more mm-hmm. consciousness from him. Yeah. Um, I did want to ask, is there such a thing as being too vulnerable, like for the masculine and feminine? Too vulnerable. As it relates to, to sexual polarity and polarity in general? I wouldn't say there's it, that, it's, it, that there's a thing is, that you can be too vulnerable, mm-hmm. but you can project your emotions too much for the other person's nervous system. Right. Yes. So it's one thing to reveal your heart, which is an opening, right? It's like a side to side kind of opening, like a flower blooming. Like mm-hmm. you could let your heart bloom and reveal the depth of pain or grief or sadness that you have, or you could project, which is a, right. And that is very hard on a nervous system, especially an untrained nervous system. If a guy's trained and he's, you know, done martial arts or done my work or done, you know, lots of yoga and his nervous system's capable of handling a lot of energy, then he normally can be okay with it if he knows it's coming. If it's just like sprung on him and he's in the middle of like, I've got a deadline and then you're like needing to be vulnerable probably wouldn't work. But in general, no, like, can you make your vulnerability an invitation to dive into? Mm. And there's actually a yogic approach to that, that, that I think is important. 
So for men too. For yeah. men too. So with that, would you set like a container then for the vulnerability? Um, I think you could. It yeah. just depends. It's one way of going about it, right? Yeah. Um, but again, it's your spontaneousness. It, it's such a fine line, right? It, and it depends, of course, moment to moment. It depends. Like, is he in the middle of something? Is there something? But, but you know, him doing something that makes you deeply sad and you just kind of qu- quietly, but opening, but staying towards him. Like most of us, when we get vulnerable, we'll turn away. Like literally turn our center, yeah. call him away, right? Rather turn your center, call him to him and he's digging through the refrigerator and you're two feet away, like leaning up against the counter, crying, right? And if he's a decent person, he's going to be, baby, what's going on? Like, what happened? What happened? And then you say in two sentences, not 10, not 20, (laughs) two sentences, like it hurt my feelings when you dot, 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 or I... I'm just, I know you didn't mean this, but when you dot, 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 I felt rejected. Right? Two senses. It's, it's more, it's not the vulnerability is the problem. It's our habitual methodology for delivering the information that is the problem. Wow. Yeah. And with that, you mean piling a lot of things on, <laughs> like being a lot of too, too blaming yeah. or like just kind of like playing the tape. Yeah. Playing the tape, blaming, you know, blaming for anybody doesn't work and we all do it. Now there's a difference between that's normally when you've literally got like legitimate complaints about the relationship, right? Like we're not spending enough time together or you're not, you know, you're, you're getting high all the time and it makes me not trust you or, you know what I mean? Those kinds of things that should happen in a conversation where you can say, very clearly, like, this makes me trust you less. And Mm. that's the way that women should be framing it. I trust you less when you're high noon till midnight. That's like, that's cutting, but in a a loving way. You know what I mean? I I can't trust you. That would hurt me so bad. And the the masculine is just wanting to be trusted. Yes. Yeah. 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 We just want our leadership trusted so that you'll like trust us with your hearts, your body, babies, like it's very deep. Mm. It's very, very deep. Yeah. yeah. Last question for me. I just wanted to ask how you're doing. Like, how are you feeling personally about life and your business and and everything? It was such a crazy year for you of growth, of change. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm I'm thanks for asking. I, I'm I feel really great about what I'm doing. You know, I love my job. I love my job. I have the best fucking job on the planet, mm-hmm. really. And um and I love where I live. Right? Me too. Right? Guys, we're in Malibu. That's <laughs> yeah. so insane. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of pinch myself. So I, things are really great for me. Um, and yet, because I am primarily a masculine identified human being, uh, I will constantly feel like the need to l- let everything go. Like I will constantly be seeking mm. and hunting for ways to be free of all the responsibility and demand. Like I have f- three programs running this year and, you know, workshops, I'm doing stuff with David. So, you know, I've got hundred to 200 people in my, right. that I'm kind of responsible for their hearts or you know, intense stuff. And, uh, and so that, that takes its toll. That takes its toll on me and I, I need lots of space and lots of quiet. And if I don't get that, I get really grouchy and right. really. I relate really, to that actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
like the thinking about program containers or mm. monthly type of calls, coaching, mm. that kind of, it does feel a little confining. Yeah. That's your masculine. Yeah. That's what, mm-hmm. that's what the masculine feels all the time. The masculine bad mood, David says this all the time, is always <laughs> about lack of freedom. The feminine bad mood is always about lack of love. You know, depending on each right. one of us. But when you're in your masculine, like you're creating containers, blah, 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 it starts to feel constraining. And you just like want to be free. Like, fuck, I'll go to Bali. Yeah. You know, I'll do this. I'll yeah. join a polyamory group. Whatever, yeah, whatever it is that's going to make me Easy. free. <laughs> yeah, whatever to make me free. Um, so uh, I guess talking to the ladies out there, like just, you know, have, have, um, have some pity, take some pity on him because he's always feeling a lack of freedom. Mm, yes. And then just as a last thing, what do you think about when you're not thinking about work? Mm, like what does surf. your brain go to? Surfing. Mm. Surfing. Um, uh, you know, I still, I'm, you know, I still, I still think about my daughter a lot. Mm. You know, I miss my daughter. My daughter was the most awesome human being on the planet. Like just she's such a, she's mm-hmm. such a fucking awesome awesome person so i miss her every once in a while when everything gets quiet you know that'll happen um but i kind of let it happen just let my heart break again and again and again and just feel it um and then i try my best when i'm not working to do nothing meticulously so i'll sit literally right where you are krista and i'll just put i'll literally put my arms up on that and just look out there and try to let go of everything mm. and and practice. This is such a funny thing because most women have no idea why a man would want to do this. But you practice doing nothing, letting go of all demand. And that's kind of how things come to me. That's how my nervous system, that's how I get dopamine. Mm. I get dopamine. Man, the, the fun fact here, men can can be with stress by the creation of dopamine uh women oxytocin so that's why men probably jack off dopamine yeah Yeah. exactly Mm. exactly and the best way to get dopamine other than physical exercise uh is to look at instagram (laughs) (laughs) is to be a relaxedly alert that's why dudes if you went to a if you went into a around a fire guys would be sitting after a hunt like not saying a whole bunch, sitting, just kind of sitting erect, like looking at a fire. And, uh, and if you went to a women's tent, there would be like cuddling and touching and laughing and food and be, it'd be serotonin, oxytocin, heaven in there. And that's how we deal with stress. So part of the way that I, I guess, long-winded answer to your question is I practice doing nothing. Love yeah. that. And how can people, there's so many ways in which to work with you. Mm. Um, so many accessible ways for people, no matter where they are. So I'd love for you to just tell the audience about that. Yeah. Um, you can just come to my website, uh, johnwineland.com. And I have a virtual workshop, which allows people who don't want to pay money to come to a real workshop or don't have the time. They can kind of sample that for a month or two or three and just kind of binge on the content. And I also put a lot of practices up there. So I'm kind of digging it because I get to mm. record practices and then put them up there and people get to practice at home. So that's really cool. Um, I just launched a, a men's leadership training program and uh, I have a women's leadership training program, which is kind of like leading for how do you lead from the feminine and among cool. other mm-hmm. things, among other things. Yeah. And, and also teaching women how to cultivate their own healthy masculine. 
which is, I found, it's kind of surprising to me, but a lot of women need that. Um, so there's that. And then I have, I don't know, eight or nine workshops this year. So it's pretty easy to find me. Great. Yeah. And on great. Instagram, you have a great Instagram. Yeah. Thank you. Your yeah. IGTV videos are so great. Oh, cool. Yeah. Sure, and then thanks. we have our episodes. Yeah. yeah. Let's come to you guys. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's all up here. I think it's 30, <laughs> right? Almost 30. Yeah. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you so yeah, much. No, you're so welcome. in heaven right now. Yeah, truly. Glad, glad you came to visit. Thank you. Moving all right, in. All right yeah. guys. We'll see you soon. <laughs> Love you so much. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, John, for having us at your home. That yeah. was incredible. John Wineland on Instagram, johnwineland.com. He does workshops. There's just tons of different courses and programs that he does. He's so profound and really awesome for men and women. Justin mm-hmm. and I did a workshop with John and he's cool. Like guys, guys really like him. I had a fear of like just being, I don't know. Yeah. He's actually doing a embodied men's leadership training right now. Cool. So he does really equally focus on both men. Maybe I was just scared Justin would catch my vibe. (laughs) What do you mean? That he would catch, that that John's so hot. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, We always appreciate reviews on Apple Podcasts. So thank you to everyone who has left a review. We like to read them on the pod just to show our appreciation. It means the world to us. Uh, This one is from Steph. And she says, Almost 30 has been hugely impactful on my journey of personal growth. Krista and Lindsay offer themselves wholeheartedly and are truly inspiring and encouraging to be my most authentic self the amazing supportive community these ladies have created is hugely impactful and making the world a little bit of a better place. Thank Thanks you so, so much. much. Yeah, the reviews sweet. just are really such a kind thing to help us bring amazing guests on the pod and keep growing. So anyone that is in our community, it would be so kind if you could write us a nice note in a review. We love you very much. And Shop Almost 30 is popping. So affirmations downloadable, dream day, dream career, inner peace. We have tons more coming within the shop. And all of these are resources that Lindsay and I needed or used um, that we wanted to create for you. And then we're also creating more courses for you guys on Teachable. So those are on the way. And the new Paradigm Series is popping. So check out the new Paradigm Series. And we would love to host you at Alexandra Roxo, the Intuition Activation with Natalie Miles, Jessica Lanyadu, mm-hmm. all about your Saturn return, or the course Lindsay and I are doing on healing the female friendship wound. Cannot wait to see you. And we'll connect with you on Instagram at almost30podcast in the secret Facebook group. I'm at Lindsay Simsick on Instagram. And I'm at It's Krista. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time. We love you. 